Section 16 of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume 1. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part 16. Of Orange and Lemon Selling in the Streets. Of foreign fruits, the oranges and nuts supply by far the greater staple for the street trade, and therefore demand a brief but still a fuller notice than other articles oranges were first sold in the streets at the close of elizabeth's reign so rapidly had the trade increased that four years after her death or in sixteen o seven ben jonson classes orange wives for noisiness with fishwives these women at first carried the oranges in baskets on their heads barrows were afterwards used and now trays are usually slung to the shoulders oranges are brought to this country in cases or boxes containing from five hundred to nine hundred oranges from official tables it appears that between two hundred and fifty million and three hundred million of oranges and lemons are now yearly shipped to england they are sold wholesale principally at public sales in lots of eight boxes the price at such sales varying greatly according to the supply and the quality the supply continues to arrive from october to august oranges are bought by the retailers in duke's place and in covent garden but the costermongers nearly all resort to duke's place and the shopkeepers to covent garden they are sold in baskets of two hundred or three hundred they are also disposed of by the hundred a half hundred being the smallest quantity sold in duke's place these hundreds however number a hundred and ten containing ten double hands a single hand being five oranges the price in december was two shillings and sixpence three shillings and sixpence and four shillings the hundred they are rarely lower than four shillings about christmas as there is then a better demand for them the damaged oranges are known as specks and the purchaser runs the risk of specks forming a portion of the contents of a basket as he is not allowed to empty it for the examination of the fruit but some salesmen agree to change the specks a month after christmas oranges are generally cheaper and become dearer again about may when there is a great demand for the supply of the fairs and races oranges are sold by all classes connected with the fruit flower or vegetable trade of the streets the majority of the street sellers are however women and children and the great part of these are irish it has been computed that when oranges are at their best generally about easter there are four thousand persons including stall-keepers selling oranges in the metropolis and its suburbs while there are generally three thousand out of this number working oranges that is hawking them from street to street of these three hundred attend at the doors of the theatres saloons and so on many of those working the theatres confine their trade to oranges while the other dealers rarely do so but unite with them the sale of nuts of some kind those who sell only oranges or only nuts are mostly children and of the poorest class the smallness of the sum required to provide a stock of oranges note a half hundred being fifteen pence or eighteen pence end note, enables the poor who cannot raise stock money sufficient to purchase anything else 
to trade upon a few oranges. The regular costers rarely buy oranges until the spring, except perhaps for Sunday afternoon sale, though this, as I said before, they mostly object to. In the spring, however, they stock their barrows with oranges. One man told me that four or five years back he had sold in a day two thousand oranges that he picked up as a bargain. They did not cost him half a farthing each. He said he cleared two pounds by the speck. At the same period he could earn five shillings or six shillings on a Sunday afternoon by the sale of oranges in the street, but now he could not earn two shillings. A poor Irish woman, neither squalid in appearance nor ragged in dress, though looking pinched and wretched, gave me the subjoined account. When I saw her resting with her basket of oranges near Cold Bathfields Prison, she told me she almost wished she was inside of it, but for the childer. Her history was one common to her class. I was brought over here, sir, when I was a girl, but my father and mother died two or three years after. I was in service then, and very good service I continued in, as a maid of all work, and very kind people I met. Yes, indeed, though I was Irish and a Catholic, and they was English Protestants. I saved a little money there, and got married. My husband's a labourer, and when he's in full work, he can earn twelve shillings or fourteen shillings a week, for he's a good hand, and a hard working man, and we do middlin' then. He's out of work now, and I'm forced to try and sell a few oranges to keep a bit of life in us, and my husband minds the childer. Bad as I do, I can do a penny or tuppence a day profit better than him, poor man, for he's tall and big, and people thinks if he goes round with a few oranges it's just from idleness, and the Lord above knows he'll always work when he can. He goes sometimes when I'm hard tired. One of us must stay with the childer, for the youngest is not three, and the eldest not five. We don't live, we starve. We get a few taties and sometimes a place. Today I've not taken threepence as yet, sir, and it's past three. Oh, no, indeed and indeed, then I don't make ninepence a day. We live accordingly, for there's one shilling and threepence a week for rent. I have very little heart to go in the public houses to sell oranges for they begins flying out about the Pope and Cardinal Wiseman, as if I had anything to do with it. And that's another reason why I like my husband to stay at home, and me to go out, because he's a hasty man, and might get into trouble. I don't know what will become of us if times don't turn. On calling upon this poor woman on the following day, I found her and her children absent. The husband had got employment at some distance, and she had gone to see if she could not obtain a room threepence a week cheaper, and lodge near the place of work. According to the Board of Trade Returns, there are nearly two hundred millions of oranges annually imported into this country. About one-third of these are sold wholesale in London, and one-fourth of the latter quantity disposed of retail in the streets. The returns I have procured, touching the London sale, prove that no less than fifteen million five hundred thousand are sold yearly by the street sellers. The retail price of these may be said to be, upon an average, five shillings per one hundred and ten, and this would give us about thirty-five thousand pounds for the gross sum of money laid out every year in the streets in the matter of oranges alone. 
the street lemon trade is now insignificant lemons having become a more important article of commerce since the law required foreign-bound ships to be provided with lemon juice the street sale is chiefly in the hands of the jews and the irish it does not however call for special notice here of nut selling in the streets the sellers of foreign hazelnuts are principally women and children but the stall-keepers and oftentimes the costermongers sell them with other goods the consumption of them is immense the annual export from tarragona being little short of eight thousand tons they are to be found in every poor shop in london as well as in the large towns they are generally to be seen on every street stall in every country village at every fair and on every race ground the supply is from gijon and tarragona the gijon nuts are the spanish or fresh nuts they are sold at public sales in barrels of three bushels each the price being from thirty-five shillings to forty shillings the nuts from tarragona whence comes the great supply are known as barcelonas and they are kiln-dried before they are shipped hence the barcelonas will keep and the spanish will not the spanish are coloured with the fumes of sulphur by the jews in duke's place it is somewhat remarkable that nuts supply employment to a number of girls in spain and then yield the means of a scanty subsistence to a number of girls with or without parents in england the prattle and the laughter according to inglis of the spanish girls who sought find no parallel however among the london girls who sell the nuts the appearance of the latter is often wretched in the winter months they may be seen as if stupefied with cold and with the listlessness not to say apathy of those whose diet is poor in quantity and insufficient in amount very few costermongers buy nuts note, as hazelnuts are always called end note, at the public sales only those whose dealings are of a wholesale character and they are anything but regular attendants at the sales the street sellers derive nearly the whole of their supply from duke's place the principal times of business are friday afternoons and sunday mornings those who have capital buy on the friday when they say they can make ten shillings go as far as twelve shillings on the sunday the barcelonas are from fourpence halfpenny to sixpence a quart to the street sellers the cobnuts which are the large size used by the pastry cooks for mottoes and so on are tuppence and tuppence halfpenny the quart but they are generally destitute of a kernel a quart contains from one hundred to one hundred and eighty nuts according to the size the costermongers buy somewhat largely when nuts are threepence the quart they then and not unfrequently stock their barrows with nuts entirely but two shillings a day is reckoned excellent earnings at this trade it's the worst living of all sir i was told on nuts the sale in the streets is at the fruit stalls in the public houses on board the steamers and at the theatre doors they are sold by the same class as the oranges and a stock may be procured for a smaller sum even than is required for oranges by the outlay of one shilling many an irish woman can send out her two or three children with nuts reserving some for herself seven-eighths of the nuts imported are sold 
i am assured in the open air some of the costermongers who are to be found in battersea fields and who attend the fairs and races get through five shillings worth of nuts in a day but only exceptionally these men have a sort of portable shooting gallery the customer fires a kind of rifle loaded with a dart and according to the number marked on the centre or on the encircling rings of a board which forms the head of the stall and which may be struck by the dart is the number of nuts payable by the stallkeeper for the halfpenny fire the brazil nuts which are now sold largely in the streets at twelve to sixteen a penny were not known in this country as an article of commerce before eighteen twenty four they are sold by the peck two shillings being the ordinary price in duke's place cocoa nuts readers note c o k e r nuts ends readers note as they are now generally called and indeed entered as such at the custom house and so written by mr mcculloch to distinguish them from cocoa or the berries of the cacao used for chocolate etc are brought from the west indies both british and spanish and brazil they are used as dunnage in the sugar ships being interposed between the hogshead to steady them and prevent their being flung about the cocoa-nut was introduced into england in sixteen ninety they are sold at public sales and otherwise and bring from ten shillings to fourteen shillings per hundred cocoa-nuts are now used at fairs to top the sticks the costermongers rarely speculate in cocoa-nuts now as the boys will not buy them unless cut and it is almost impossible to tell how the cocoa-nut will open the interior is sold in half pennyworths and pennyworths these nuts are often worked with a drum there may now be forty cocoa-nut men in the street trade but not one in ten confines himself to the article a large proportion of the dry or ripe walnuts sold in the streets is from bordeaux they are sold at public sales in barrels of three bushels each realizing twenty-one shillings to twenty-five shillings a barrel they are retailed at from eight to twenty a penny and are sold by all classes of street traders a little girl who looked stunted and wretched and who did not know her age which might be eleven told me she was sent out by her mother with six halfpennyworth of nuts and she must carry back sixpence or she would be beat she had no father and could neither read nor write her mother was an englishwoman she believed and sold oranges she had heard of god he was our father who art in heaven she'd heard that said she did not know the lord's prayer had never heard of it did not know who the lord was perhaps the lord mayor but she had never been before him she went into public houses with her nuts but did not know whether she was ever insulted or not she did not know what insulted was but she was never badly used she often went into tap-rooms with her nuts just to warm herself a man once gave her some hot beer which made her ill her mother was kind enough to her and never beat her but for not taking home sixpence she had a younger brother that did as she did she had bread and potatoes to eat and sometimes tea and sometimes herrings her mother didn't get tipsy at first she did not know what was meant by tipsy above once a week of roasted chestnuts and apples 
how long the street trade in roasted chestnuts has been carried on i find no means of ascertaining precisely but it is unquestionably one of the oldest of the public traffics before potato cans were introduced the sale of roasted chestnuts was far greater than it is now it is difficult to compute the number of roasted chestnut sellers at present in the streets it is probable that they outnumber one thousand for i noticed that on a cold day almost every street fruit seller man or woman had roasted chestnuts for sale sometimes the chestnuts are roasted in the streets in a huge iron apparatus made expressly for the purpose and capable of cooking perhaps a bushel at a time but these are to be found solely at the street markets the ordinary street apparatus for roasting chestnuts is simple a round pan with a few holes punched in it costing threepence or fourpence in a marine store shop has burning charcoal within it and is surmounted by a second pan or kind of lid containing chestnuts which are thus kept hot during my inquiry chestnuts were dear people don't care i was told whether chestnuts is three and six as they are now or one and six a peck as i hope they will be afore long they wants the same pennyworths chestnuts are generally bought wholesale in duke's place on the sunday mornings for street sale but some street dealers buy them of those costermongers whose means enable them to lay in a quantity the retail customers are for the most part boys and girls or a few labourers or street people the usual price is sixteen a penny roasted apples used to be vended in the streets and often along with roasted chestnuts but it is a trade which has now almost entirely disappeared and its disappearance is attributed to the prevalence of potato cans i had the following account from a woman apparently between sixty and seventy though she said she was only about fifty what she was in her youth she said she neither knew nor cared at any rate she was unwilling to converse about it i found her statement as to chestnuts corroborated the trade's nothing to what it was sir she said why when the hackney coaches was in the streets i've often sold two shillings worth of a night at a time for a relish to the hackney men that was waiting their turn over their beer six and eight a penny was enough then now people must have sixteen though i pays three shillings a peck and to get them at that's a favour i could make my good twelve shillings a week on roasted chestnuts and apples and as much on other things in them days but i'm half starved now there'll never be such times again people didn't want to cut one another's throats in the street business then oh i don't know anything about how long ago or what year years is nothing to me but i only know that it was so i got a penny apiece then for my roasted apples and a halfpenny for sugar to them i could live then roasted apples was reckoned good for the toothache in them days but people change so they aren't now i don't know what i make now in chestnuts and apples which is all i sells perhaps five shillings a week my rent's one shilling and threepence a week i lives on a bit of fish or whatever i can get and that's all about it the absolute quantity of oranges lemons and nuts sold annually in the london streets is as follows oranges fifteen million four hundred thousand lemons one hundred and fifty four thousand spanish and barcelona nuts twenty four thousand bushels brazilian ditto three thousand bushels chestnuts six thousand five hundred bushels 
walnuts twenty four thousand bushels cocoa nuts four hundred thousand nuts of dry fruit selling in the streets the sellers of dry fruit cannot be described as a class for with the exception of one old couple none that i know of confine themselves to its sale but resort to it merely when the season prevents their dealing in green fruit or vegetables i have already specified what in commerce is distinguished as dry fruit but its classification among the costers is somewhat narrowed the dry fruit sellers derive their supplies partly from duke's place partly from pudding lane but perhaps principally from the costers concerning whom i have spoken who buy wholesale at the markets and elsewhere and who will clear out a grocer or buy such figs and so on as a leading tradesman will not allow to be sent or offered to his regular customers although perhaps some of the articles are tolerably good or else the dry fruit men buy a damaged lot of a broker or grocer and pick out all that is eatable or rather saleable the sale of dry fruit is unpopular among the costermongers despite their utmost pains they cannot give to figs or raisins or currants which may be old and stale anything of the bloom and plumpness of good fruit and the price of good fruit is too high for them moreover if the fruit be a damaged lot it is almost always discoloured and the blemish cannot be removed it is impossible to give the average price of dry fruit to the costermonger the quality and the harvest affect the price materially in the regular trade the rule which i am informed the costermonger who sometimes works a barrow of dried fruit observes is this he will aim at cent per cent and to accomplish it slang weights are not unfrequently used the stale fruit is sold by the grocers and the damaged fruit by the warehouses to the costers at from a half but much more frequently a fourth to a twentieth of its prime cost the principal street purchasers are boys a dry fruit seller gave me the following account by half profits he meant cent per cent or in other words that the money he received for his stock was half of it cost price and half profit i sell dry fruit sir in february and march because i must be doing something and green fruit's not my money then it's a poor trade i've sold figs at a penny a pound no sir not slang the time i mean and i could hardly make a shilling a day at it though it was half profits our customers look at them quite particular let's see the other side of them figs the boys will say and then they'll out with i say master do you see any green about me dates i can hardly get off at all no not if they was as cheap as potatoes or cheaper i've been asked by women if dates was good in dumplings i've sometimes said yes i know nothing at all about them they're foreign i can't say where they're grown almonds and raisins goes off best with us i don't sell them by weight but makes them up in halfpenny or penny lots there's two things you see and one helps off the other raisins is dry grapes i've heard i've sold grapes before they was dried at a penny and tuppence the pound i didn't do no good in any of em a shilling a day on em was the topper for all the half profits i'll not touch em again if i ain't forced there are a few costers who sell tolerable dry fruit but not to any extent 
the old couple i have alluded to stand all the year round at the corner of a street running into a great city thoroughfare they are supplied with their fruit i am told through the friendliness of a grocer who charges no profit and sometimes makes a sacrifice for their benefit as i was told that this old couple would not like inquiries to be made of them i at once desisted there are sometimes twenty costermongers selling nothing but dry fruit but more frequently only ten and sometimes only five while perhaps from three hundred to four hundred sell a few figs and so on with other things such as late apples the dry fruit being then used just as a fill-up according to the returns before given the gross quantity of dry fruit disposed of yearly in the streets of london may be stated as follows seven thousand pounds of shell almonds thirty seven thousand eight hundred pounds of raisins twenty four thousand three hundred pounds of figs four thousand two hundred pounds of prunes of the street sale of vegetables the seller of fruit in the streets confines his traffic far more closely to fruit than does the vegetable dealer to vegetables within these three or four years many street traders sell only fruit the year through but the purveyor of vegetables now usually sells fish with his cabbages turnips cauliflowers or other garden stuff the fish that he carries out on his round generally consists of soles mackerel or fresh or salt herrings this combination of the street greengrocer and street fishmonger is called a general dealer the general dealers are usually accompanied by boys as i have elsewhere shown and sometimes by their wives if a woman be a general dealer she is mostly to be found at a stall or standing and not going around the general dealer works everything through the season he generally begins the year with sprats or place then he deals in soles until the month of may after this he takes to mackerel haddocks or red herrings next he trades in strawberries or raspberries from these he will turn to green and ripe gooseberries thence he will go to cherries from cherries he will change to red or white currants from them to plums or greengages and from them again to apples and pears and damsons after these he mostly works a few vegetables and continues with them until the fish season begins again some general dealers occasionally trade in sweetmeats but this is not usual and is looked down upon by the trade i'm a general dealer said one of the better class my missus is in the same line as myself and sells everything that i do barring green stuff she follows me always in what i sell she has a stall and sits at the corner of the street i've got three children the eldest is ten and goes out with me to call my goods for me i have had inflammation in the lungs and when i call my goods for a little while my voice leaves me my missus is lame she fell down a cellar when a child and injured her hip last october twelvemonth i was laid up with cold which settled on my lungs and laid me in my bed for a month my missus kept me all that time she was working fresh herrings and if it hadn't been for her we must all have gone into the workhouse we're doing very badly now i have no work to do i have no stock money to work with and i object to pay one shilling and sixpence a week for the loan of ten shillings once i gave a man one shilling and sixpence a week for ten months for the loan of ten shillings and that nearly did me up i have had eight shillings of the same party since 
and paid a shilling a week for eight weeks for the loan of it. I consider it most extortionate to have to pay tuppence a day for the loan of eight shillings, and won't do it. When the season gets a bit better, I shall borrow a shilling of one friend and a shilling of another, and then muddle on with as much stock money as I can scrape together. My missus is at home now, doing nothing. Last week it's impossible to say what she took, for we're obliged to buy victuals and firing with it as we take it. She can't go out charring on account of her hip. When she is out and I am out, the children play about in the streets. Only last Saturday week she was obligated to take the shoes off her feet to get the children some victuals. We owe two weeks' rent, and the landlord, though I've lived in the house five years, is as sharp as if I was a stranger. Why, sir? said another vegetable seller, who was a robust-looking young man, very clean in his person and dressed in costermonger corduroy. I can hardly say what my business is worth to me, for I'm no scholard. I was brought up to the business by my mother. I've a middling connection, and perhaps clear three shillings a day, every fine day, or fifteen shillings or sixteen shillings a week. But out of that there's my donkey to keep, which I suppose costs sixpence a day. That's seven sixpences off. Wet or fine, she must be fed in course. So must I, but I've only myself to keep at present, and I hire a lad when I want one. I work my own trap. Then things is so uncertain. Why, now look here, sir. Last Friday, I think it was, but that don't matter, for it often happens. Fresh herrings was four shillings the five hundred in the morning, and one shilling and sixpence at night. So many had come in. I buy at Billingsgate Market, and sometimes of a large shopkeeper, and at Covent Garden in the borough. If I lay out seven shillings in a nice lot of cabbages, I may sell them for ten shillings and sixpence, or, if it isn't a lucky day with me, for eight shillings or less. Sometimes people won't buy, as if the cholera was in the cabbages. Then turnips isn't such good sale yet, but they may be soon, for winter's best for them. There's more boilings then than there's roastings, I think. People like broth in cold weather. I buy turnips by the tally. A tally's five dozen bunches. There's no confinement of the number to a bunch, it's by their size. I've known twelve, and I've known twice that. I sell three parts of the turnip at a penny a bunch, and the other part at a penny halfpenny. If I get them at three and sixpence the tally, I do well on turnips. I go the same rounds pretty regularly every day, or almost every day. I don't object to wet weather so much, because women don't like to stir out then, and so they'll buy of me as I pass. Carrots I do little in. They're dear, but they'll be cheaper in a month or two. They always are. I don't work on Sundays. If I did, I'd get a jacketing. Our chaps would say, Oh, you are a scurf. You have a round. Give another man a Sunday chance. A gentleman once said to me, when I was obligated to work on a Sunday, Why don't you leave it off when you know it ain't right? Well, sir, said I, and he spoke very kind to me. Well, sir, I'm working for my dinner, and if you'll give me four shillings, or three shillings and sixpence, I'll tumble to your notion, and drop it, and I'll give you these here cowcumbers. I was working cowcumbers at that time, to do what you like with, and they cost me half a crown. In potatoes I don't do a great deal, and it's no great trade. If I did, I should buy at the warehouses in Tooley Street, where they are sold in sacks of a hundredweight, hundred and fifty pounds, and two hundred pounds, at two shillings and ninepence, and three shillings a hundredweight. I sell mine, tidy, good, at three pound tuppence and a halfpenny a pound. But as I don't do much, not a bushel a day, I buy at market by the bushel at from one shilling and sixpence to two shillings. I never uses slangs. 
I sold three times as many potatoes as I do now four years back. I don't know why, except it be that the rot set people again them, and their tastes gone another way. I sell a few more greens than I did, but not many. Spinach, I don't do only a little in it. Celery I'm seldom able to get rid on. It's more women's work. Ingham's the same. I may add that I found the class who confined their business principally to the sale of vegetables the dullest of all the costermongers. Any man may labour to make one shilling and sixpence of cabbages or turnips which cost him a shilling, when the calculation as to the relative proportion of measures and so on is beyond his comprehension. Pursuing the same mode of calculation as has been heretofore adopted, we find that the absolute quantity of vegetables sold in the London streets by the costers is as follows. Twenty million seven hundred thousand pounds of potatoes, home-grown, thirty-nine million eight hundred thousand pounds of potatoes, foreign, twenty-three million seven hundred and sixty thousand one hundred and thirty-three cabbages, three million two hundred and sixty-four thousand eight hundred turnips, six hundred and sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty-six junks of turnip tops, six hundred and one thousand carrots, five hundred and sixty-seven thousand three hundred broccoli and cauliflowers, two hundred and nineteen thousand bushels of peas, eight thousand eight hundred and ninety three bushels of beans twenty two thousand one hundred and ten bushels of french beans twenty five thousand six hundred and eight dozens of vegetable marrows four hundred and eighty nine dozen bundles of asparagus nine thousand one hundred and twenty dozen bundles of rhubarb four thousand three hundred and fifty dozen bundles of celery five hundred and sixty one thousand six hundred lettuces thirteen thousand two hundred and ninety one dozen hands of radishes four hundred and ninety nine thousand five hundred and thirty three bushels of onions twenty three thousand six hundred dozen bunches of spring onions ten thousand nine hundred and twenty bushels of cucumbers three thousand two hundred and ninety dozen bunches of herbs of the aristocratic vegetable sale in designating these dealers i use a word not uncommon among the costermongers these aristocratic sellers who are not one in twenty or perhaps in twenty-five of the whole body of costermongers are generally men of superior manners and better dressed than their brethren the following narrative given to me by one of the body shows the nature of the trade it depends a good deal upon the season and the price as to what i begin with in the aristocratic way my rounds are always in the suburbs i saw neither in the streets nor squares in town i like it best where there are detached villas where there are kept mistresses they are the best of all customers to men like me we talk our customers over among ourselves and generally know who's who one way by which we know the kept ladies is they never sell cast-off clothes as some ladies do for new potatoes or early peas now my worst customers as to price are the ladies or gentlemen they're both of a kidney what keeps fashionable schools they are the people to drive a bargain but then they buy largely some buy entirely of costermongers there's one gent of a schoolkeeper buys so much and knows so well what o'clock it is that i'm satisfied he saves many a pound a year by buying off us instead of the greengrocers perhaps i begin the season in the aristocratic way with early lettuces for salads i carry my goods in handsome baskets and sometimes with a boy or a boy and girl to help me i buy my lettuces by the score note of heads end note when first in 
at one and sixpence and sell them at a penny halfpenny each which is a shilling profit on a score i've sold twenty and i once sold thirty score that way in a day the profit on the thirty was two pound five shillings but out of that i had to pay three boys for i took three with me and our expenses was seven shillings but you must consider sir that this is a precarious trade such goods are delicate and spoil if they don't go off i give credit sometimes if anybody i know says he has no change i never lost nothing then there's grass note asparagus end note and that's often good money i buy all mine at covent garden where it's sold in bunches according to the earliness of the season at from five shillings to a shilling containing from six to ten dozen squibs note heads end note these you have to take home untie cut off the scraggy ends trim and scrape and make them level children help me to do this in the court where i live i give them a few halfpence though they're eager enough to do it for nothing but the fun i've had ten shillings worth made ready in half an hour well now sir about grass there's not a coster in london i'm sure ever tasted it and how it's eaten puzzles us note i explained the manner in which asparagus was brought to table End note. that's the ticket is it sir well i was once at the surrey and there was some macaroni eaten on the stage and i thought grass was eaten in the same way perhaps swallowed like one o'clock note rather a favourite comparison among the costas End note. i have the grass it's always called when cried in the streets sparrow grass tied up in bunches of a dozen twelve to a dozen or one over and for these i never expect less than sixpence for a three or four dozen lot in a neat sieve i ask two shillings and sixpence and never take less than a shilling and threepence i once walked thirty-five miles with grass and have oft enough been thirty miles i made seven shillings or eight shillings a day by it and next day or two perhaps nothing or maybe had but one customer i've sold half-crown lots on a saturday night for a sixpence and it was sold some time back at tuppence a bundle in the new cut to poor people i dare say some as bought it had been maid-servants and understood it i've raffled five shillings worth of grass in the parlour of a respectable country inn of an evening the costers generally buy new potatoes at four shillings to five shillings the bushel and cry them at three pound tuppence but i've given seven shillings a bushel for choice and early and sold them at tuppence a pound it's no great trade for the bushel may weigh only fifty pounds and at tuppence a pound that's only eight shillings and fourpence the schools don't buy at all until they're a penny the pound and don't buy in any quantity until they're one and sixpence the twenty-five pound one day a school astonished me by giving me two shillings and sixpence for twenty-five pound which is the general weight of the half bushel perhaps the master had taken a drop of something short that evening the schools are dreadful screws to be sure green peas early ones i don't buy when they first come in for then they're very dear but when they're four shillings or three shillings and sixpence a bushel and that's pretty soon i can make five pecks of a bushel schools don't touch peas till they're two shillings a bushel cowcumbers were an aristocratic sale four or five years ago they were looked upon when first in and with a beautiful bloom upon them as the finest possible relish but the cholera came in eighteen forty nine and everybody especially the women thought that the cholera was in cowcumbers and i've known cases foreign and english sent from the borough market for manure 
I sell a good many mushrooms. I sometimes can pick up a cheap lot at Covent Garden. I make them up in neat sieves of three dozen to eight dozen, according to size, and I've sold them at four shillings the sieve, and made half that on each sieve I sold. They're down to a shilling or one and sixpence a sieve very soon. Green walnuts for pickling I sell a quantity of. One day I sold twenty shillings worth. Half profit. I got them so cheap, but that was an exception. I sold them cheap too. One lady has brought a bushel and a half at a time. For walnut catsup, the refuse of the walnut is used. It's picked up in the court, where I've got children or poor fellows, for a few halfpence or a pint of beer, to help me to peel the walnuts. Of onion selling in the streets. The sale of onions in the streets is immense. They are now sold at the markets at an average of two shillings a bushel. Two years ago they were one shilling and they have been four shillings and up to seven shillings the bushel. They are now twisted into ropes for street sale. The ropes are of straw, into which the roots are plaited, and secured firmly enough so that the ropes can be hung up. These have superseded the netted onions formerly sold by the Jew boys. The plaiting or twisting is done rapidly by the women, and a straw bonnet-maker described it to me as somewhat after the mode of her trade, only that the top or projecting portion of the stem of the onion, was twisted within the straw, instead of its being plaited close and flat together. The trade in rope onions is almost entirely in the hands of the Irish women and girls. There are now, it is said, from 800 to 1,000 persons engaged in it. Onion selling can be started on a small amount of capital, from sixpence to one shilling, which is, no doubt, one inducement for those poor persons to resort to it. The sixpenny ropes, bunches, or strings, I heard each word applied, contain from three to four dozen. The penny bunches, from six to twenty roots, according to size, and the intermediate and higher-priced bunches, in proportion. Before Christmas, a good many shilling lots are sold. Among the costermongers, I heard this useful root, which the learned in such matters have pronounced to be, along with the mushroom, the foundation of every sauce, ancient or modern, called ingans, ingans, injuns, ingians, inians, inans, almost everything but onions. An Irish woman, apparently of thirty-five, but in all probability younger, she did not know her age, gave me the following account. Her face, with its strongly marked Irish features, was almost purpled, from constant exposure to the weather. She was a teetotaler. She was communicative and garrulous, even beyond the average of her countrywomen. She was decently clad, had been in London fifteen years, she thought, having been brought from Ireland via Bristol by her parents, both dead. She herself was a widow. Her husband, a bricklayer, she called him, probably a bricklayer's labourer, having died of the cholera in 1849. I take up her statement from that period. Yes, indeed, sir, he died, the heavens be his bed, and he was prepared by Father M. Blank. We had our trials together, but sore's been the cross, and heavy the burthen, since it pleased God to call him. Then there's the two children, Biddy and Ned. They'll be ten, and they'll be eight, come their next birthdays, plays the Lord. They can help me now, they can. They sell Zingans as well. I rope some for em. How is Ingans roped? 
sure thin but it's not mocking me your honour is sure thin a gentleman like you that can write like a horace a galloping and perhaps he's as learned as a priest glory be to god must know how to rope ingans poor people can do it some say it's a sacred but that's all i say or there couldn't be so many ropes a selling i buy the straw at a straw dealer's two pinneth at a time that'll make six or twelve ropes according to what they are sixpenny or what it's as straight as it can be grown that it is indeed oh sir we've had many's the black day me and the childer poor things it's them i care about but god's name be praised we've got on somehow another poor woman she's a widder too helper and me has a two shillin room for the two of us we've her separate furniture she has only herself but is fond of the childer as you or your lady bless her if you've got one might be if you was with them i can read a little myself at least i could onst and i gets them a bit of schooling now and then when i can of an evening mostly i can't write a letter i wish i could sure thing sir i'll tell you the truth we does best on ingans oranges is nixed and nuts isn't near so good the three of us now makes one shillin and sometimes one and six a day and that's grand doings we may sell bechuxtus from two to three dozen ropes a day i'm quick at roping the ingans i never noted how many ropes an hour i buys them of a tradesman an honest gentleman i know and i see him at mass every sunday and he gives me as many as he can for a shilling or what it is we has one penny please god on every sixpence yes sir perhaps more sometimes i'll not tell your honour a bit of a lie and so we now get a nice bit of fish with a bit of liver on a sunday i sell to the tradesmen and the lodgers of them about here note tottenham court road end note and in many other parrots for we travels a dale the childer always goes the same round we follows one another i've sold in the straits ever since i've been in this country the greatest sum of money expended by the poor upon any vegetable after potatoes is spent upon onions ninety nine thousand nine hundred pounds being annually devoted to the purchase of that article to those who know the habits of the poor this will appear in no way singular a piece of bread and an onion being to the english labourer what bread and an apple or a bunch of grapes is to the french peasant often his dinner of pot herbs and celery i use the old phrase pot herbs for such productions as sage thyme mint parsley sweet marjoram fennel though the last is rarely sold by the street people and so on but herbs is the usual term more herbs such as agrimony balm balsam wormwood tansy and so on used to be sold in the streets these were often used for teas medicinally perhaps except tansy which being a strong aromatic was used to flavour puddings wormwood too was often bought to throw amongst woollen fabrics as a protective against the attack of moths the street herb trade is now almost entirely in the hands of irish women and is generally carried on during the autumn and winter at stalls with it is most commonly united the sale of celery the herbs are sold at the several markets usually in shilling lots but a quarter of a shilling lot may be purchased 
The Irishwoman pursues a simple method of business. What has cost her one shilling, she divides into twenty-four lots, each of one penny, or she will sell half of a lot for a halfpenny. An Irishwoman said to me, "'Trade isn't good, sir. It falls and it falls. I don't sell so many herbs or so much celery as I did when mate was higher. Poor people then, I've often been said it, used to buy bones and boil them for broth with celery and the beautiful herbs. Now they buys a bit of mate and eats it without brothing. It's good one way and it's bad another. Only last Saturday night, my husband, and a good husband he's to me, though he is a London man, for he knows how to make a bargain, he bought a bit of mutton afore the stroke of twelve in Newgate Market at Tuppence Hapney the Pound. I don't know what parrot it was. I don't understand that, but he does, and tells me how to cook it. He has work at the docks, but not very regular. I think I sell most parsley. When fresh herrings is cheap, some boils them with parsley, and some fries them with ingans. No, sir, I don't make sixpence a day, not half a crown a week, I'm sure. When herbs isn't in, and they're autumn and winter things, and so is celery, I sells anything, gooseberries and currants or anything. If I'd had a family, I couldn't have had a shoe to my foot. Gross value of the fruit and vegetables sold annually in the London streets. To complete the present account of the costermonger's trade, we must now estimate the money value of the fruit and vegetables disposed of by them throughout the year. The money annually spent in fish by the humbler portion of the metropolitan population comes to, as we have seen, very nearly one million five hundred thousand pounds sterling. The sum laid out in fruit and vegetables we shall find is but little more than a third of this amount. Green fruit, three hundred and seventy seven thousand five hundred bushels of apples at six a penny or four shillings per bushel, two hundred and eighty eight to the bushel. Seventy-five thousand five hundred pounds, one hundred and ninety-three thousand seven hundred bushels of pears at five shillings per bushel, forty-eight thousand four hundred pounds, one million two hundred and fifteen thousand three hundred and sixty pounds weight of cherries at twopence per pound, ten thousand pounds, eleven thousand seven hundred bushels of plums, at one penny per half pint, six thousand two hundred and forty pounds. One hundred bushels of greengages at a penny halfpenny per half pint, eighty pounds. Five hundred and forty-eight bushels of damsons at a penny halfpenny per half pint, four hundred and thirty pounds. Two thousand four hundred and fifty bushels of bullis at a penny halfpenny per half pint, one thousand nine hundred and fifty pounds. Two hundred and seven thousand five hundred bushels of gooseberries at threepence per quart, eighty-three thousand pounds. 85,500 sieves of red currants at a penny per pint, three half sieves to the bushel, 15,200 pounds, 13,500 sieves of black currants at one penny per pint, three half sieves to the bushel, 2,400 pounds, 3,000 sieves of white currants at one penny per pint, three half sieves to the bushel, 530 pounds. 763,750 pottles of strawberries at twopence per pottle, 6,360 pounds. 1,760 pottles of raspberries at sixpence per pottle, 40 pounds. 30,485 pottles of mulberries at sixpence per pottle, 
seven hundred and sixty pounds six thousand bushels of hazelnuts at three farthings per half pint two thousand four hundred pounds seventeen thousand two hundred and eighty pounds of filberts at threepence per pound two hundred pounds twenty six thousand five hundred and sixty three pounds of grapes at fourpence per pound four hundred and forty pounds twenty thousand pineapples at sixpence each five hundred pounds fifteen million four hundred thousand oranges at two for a penny thirty two thousand pounds one hundred and fifty four thousand lemons at two for a penny three hundred and twenty pounds twenty four thousand bushels of spanish and barcelona nuts at sixpence per quart nineteen thousand two hundred pounds three thousand bushels of brazil nuts note fifteen hundred to the bushel end note at fifteen for a penny one thousand two hundred and fifty pounds six thousand five hundred bushels of chestnuts note fifteen hundred to the bushel end note at fifteen for a penny two thousand seven hundred pounds twenty four thousand bushels of walnuts note seventeen hundred and fifty to the bushel end note at ten for a penny seventeen thousand five hundred pounds four hundred thousand coconuts at threepence each five thousand pounds total expended yearly in green fruit three hundred and thirty two thousand four hundred pounds dry fruit seven thousand pounds of shell almonds at twenty a penny three hundred and twenty to the pound four hundred and sixty pounds thirty seven thousand eight hundred pounds of raisins at twopence per pound three hundred pounds twenty four thousand three hundred pounds of figs at twopence per pound two hundred pounds four thousand eight hundred pounds of prunes at twopence per pound forty pounds total expended yearly on dry fruit one thousand pounds vegetables sixty million five hundred thousand pounds of potatoes at five pounds for twopence one hundred thousand eight hundred pounds twenty three million seven hundred and sixty thousand cabbages at a halfpenny each forty nine thousand five hundred pounds three million two hundred and sixty four thousand eight hundred turnips at a penny halfpenny per dozen one thousand seven hundred pounds six hundred and one thousand carrots at twopence halfpenny per dozen five hundred and twenty pounds five hundred and sixty seven thousand three hundred broccoli and cauliflowers at one penny per head two thousand three hundred and sixty pounds six hundred and sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty six junks of turnip tops at fourpence per junk ten thousand two hundred and seventy pounds two hundred and nineteen thousand bushels of peas at one shilling and sixpence per bushel sixteen thousand four hundred and twenty pounds eight thousand eight hundred and ninety bushels of beans at one shilling and sixpence per bushel six hundred and sixty pounds twenty two thousand one hundred and ten bushels of french beans at sixpence per peck or two shillings per bushel two thousand two hundred and ten pounds twenty five thousand six hundred and eight vegetable marrows at a halfpenny each fifty pounds four hundred and eighty nine dozen bundles of asparagus at two shillings and sixpence per bundle note fourpence or sixpence a dozen heads end note seven hundred and thirty pounds nine thousand one hundred and twenty dozen bundles of rhubarb at two shillings and sixpence per dozen one thousand one hundred and forty pounds four thousand three hundred and fifty dozen bundles of celery at threepence per bundle six hundred and fifty pounds five hundred and sixty one thousand six hundred and two lettuces at three a penny seven hundred and eighty pounds 
13,291 dozen hands of radishes, at three bunches for a penny, and six bunches to the hand, 1,330 pounds, 499,530 bushels of onions, at four shillings per bushel, 99,900 pounds, 10,920 bushels of cucumbers, at a penny each, 60 to the bushel, 2,730 pounds, 3,290 dozen bundles of herbs, at threepence a bundle, 490 pounds. Total expended yearly in vegetables, 292,240 pounds. Putting the above sums together, we have the following aggregate results. Expended yearly in green fruit, 332,400 pounds. Expended yearly in dry fruit, 1,000 pounds. Expended yearly in vegetables, 292,240 pounds. Gross sum taken annually by the London costermongers for fruit and vegetables, 625,640 pounds. Then, adding the above to the gross amount received by the street sellers of fish, which we have before seen comes to as much as £1,460,850, we have, for the annual income of the London costermongers, no less a sum than £2,086,490. End of section 16